Thanks for tuning in to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could help us spread the gospel message of Jesus by subscribing to, sharing, and leaving a review on this podcast. We are believing to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. Thanks and enjoy this week's message. I want to jump right into scripture today and I want to talk about two people, about Saul and about Ananias. And before I do, if you guys could go to Acts 9, that's where we're going to be reading in in verse 3. I want to talk about their yes and what that caused. The Bible says in verse 3 of Acts 9, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice to him saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Now the Bible goes on to say that there was men after this experience that he was blinded and there was these men who took him to Damascus and he was there for three days. Now let's jump to verse 10. It says, there was a certain man at Damascus named Ananias. And to him, the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him, that he might receive his sight. Verse 13, Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priest to bind all who call upon your name. The Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear the name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. And I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name. I want to talk about Saul. Saul was a man... The Bible doesn't really give us a lot of history about him. But what we can and what we do know is that he was a man who was very devout to the teachings of God. He was a a man who was very, could you play the piano for me? Thank you. (laughs) Just feels really quiet. There was a, he was a man who was part of this, part of the teachers of the law. And these men were called the Pharisees. And they were very, very devote to following every law that God had given through their servant Moses. And in this time, in the eyes of their society, they seemed to be the most clean, the most pure, the most godly men that there existed because of the fact that they always followed to the T the law. And during this time, there wasn't, much mercy that was shown to people who broke the law. For example, if any person was caught in adultery, the Bible says that the law stated that they needed to be stoned to death. 
And it was during this period of time that something begins to revolutionize what they always knew. And it was the fact that there was a man who was walking around doing signs and wonders. And there was a man who, while he was putting his hands on the sick, he was also showing mercy to sinners, which is something that was different because the Bible says that there was an incident where a woman was caught in adultery. And instead of being stoned to death, Jesus says, if any of you have sinned, throw the first stone. And nobody did. And she wasn't condemned and she wasn't beaten. She was told, go and sin no more. And this was weird. This was a very weird concept to them because it seemed like it was going against every belief that they had, every belief that they knew, but really it was only aligning their hearts to what God intended in the first place. Not to have habits, but a heart that doesn't know God. Instead, for there to be a heart filled with love that then causes obedience to God. Amen. And the Bible doesn't really show us much of Saul's life from when he was growing up, but it does show us one incident where he's first introduced into the Bible, and that's found in Acts 7. In Acts 7, 52 and 53, there's a man named Stephen, who we know was a follower of God, a man full of faith. And he was preaching one day to these people, and he was telling them, you killed Jesus. And your ancestors killed the prophets who spoke about this Jesus. And everyone's heart was filled with rage and they gnashed at him because his words, they, they cut his, their hearts. And the Bible says that Saul was there. And when everybody had agreed to stone him for blaspheming, the Bible says that he held the garments so that those people could go and freely kill him. But I have to imagine myself, I have to imagine reading this, that something had to have happened in the heart of Saul. Because if you read in verse 53, 52 and 53, if you read actually 59, If you read this passage, <laughs> the Bible talks about Stephen. And one of Stephen's last words while he was stoned says, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And I have to imagine that as Saul heard these words, there was something that he couldn't quite understand. Why was he saying those words? What was it about these Christians that he was surrounded with that were being beaten, that were being thrown into prison? What was it about these Christians that made them not give up the name of Jesus, that made them suffer through these things? What was that? I have to imagine that as he watched this guy being stoned and said, Lord, forgive them, 
do not charge them with this sin, that there had to be a question in his mind that kind of followed him as he went throughout his day, as he went to bed at night. What did these Christians have that he didn't? And I want to encourage you, maybe you're sitting here today or maybe you're listening to this message and yourself, you are surrounded with Christians. You're surrounded with people who have told you Jesus is the way and he's the truth and he's the light and you don't quite understand that. Or maybe you've heard people that say, you know, I experienced Jesus and he changed my life and you don't quite understand that. But for some reason you look around and you see people that profess that they are Christians and they have this love that you can't explain, this peace within them that you can't explain and it begins to question something within you. What do they have? What has happened to them? But maybe that question over time, you've just kind of learned to suppress it, to ignore it and say, oh, eh, I'll think about that another time. But I like to think that maybe, just maybe this is what was going on in Saul's mind. Why? Why did he have that love? Why did he say that about the people who were stoning him? Why are these Christians so relentless? And as we read in the story, something incredible happened in the life of Saul. As one ordinary day, he encountered the same one that he'd been persecuting. And I want to tell you that today is an ordinary day. That today is a day where you can encounter Jesus. Where you can meet Jesus and he can change your life. The way that he changed Saul's life. The way that he broke the chains off of Saul. The way that he made him believe. The way that he turned a persecutor and a murderer into someone who was willing to give his life for the name of Jesus. He can change your life today if you just say yes. Those questions that you have, those questions that have been gnawing at you, that you see in other people, that people have spoke to you about, but there's these questions that you can't quite understand. They can all go away when you experience Jesus. When you taste and see the goodness of the Lord, they can all go away. And he can meet you today in your Damascus. Whatever your journey looks like, whatever your heart has been going through, God wants to encounter you today. Even in your bedroom, even in, wherever you may be, wherever you're listening in your car, God wants to encounter you and he wants to change your life. All it takes is one yes. And maybe you're listening to me today and you're like, well, that's a great message, Lizeth, but I've been saved already. I'm sitting here and I already said yes to the call of Jesus and he's already living in my heart. I want to highlight the story of Ananias for you really quickly. Ananias, we can see, was a follower of Jesus. 
and he heard the voice of the Lord and he was guided by him. But I want to point out something that happened to Ananias. Ananias was going about his day when one day he receives a vision where the Lord tells him, Ananias, and he answers, here I am. The Lord then gives him direction and his response is, Lord, uh, have you heard about this guy? We've been hurt, we've been killed, we've been beaten, and he has the right to throw me in jail if I go. And he begins to tell Jesus all the reasons why it's justified that he shouldn't go, that he shouldn't obey. And I want you to notice that although he's a follower of Jesus, and he says, here I am, as many of us do. Because sometimes we can go to amazing services or we can be in our prayer time as Christians and we have these amazing experiences with God. And when that happens, we say, yes, Lord, here I am. Lord, you can have all of me. Lord, I surrender everything. Lord, I'm willing to go wherever you want me to go. There's a quote that Pastor said in one of his messages that I just is in my brain for some reason. It says, Christians don't say lies. We sing them. And I find that to be very true because we have these great experiences with God. But when he asks us to do something that's a little bit outside of our comfort, then we meet him with resistance. There's like this, this, this uh, excuse that is the first thing that pops into our mind. I can't. Oh, I don't know. I'm not called to do that. Or, I don't know how to speak in front of people. I can't do this and I can't do that. And the same thing was with Ananias. Jesus. It was during this time that Ananias was expressing his fears before the Lord and his limitations to fulfill the will of God in that moment. And he began to say, Lord, I can't. Lord, have you thought about this? Lord, what about this? What if I go? And he was just full of fear, full of fear to say yes to the Lord, full of fear to stand wherever the Lord led him. But I want you to notice something that was very important. When he says, Lord, I can't, and he begins to say this and that and the excuses why he shouldn't go. I want you to notice Jesus' response to him. He didn't say, it's okay, I'm with you. He didn't say, don't be scared. He didn't say that. He completely ignored that. And he said, go, because of Saul. It was never about Ananias. It was always about Saul. God wanted Ananias to understand, I'm choosing you because I'm trying to get to Saul. I'm choosing you because I want to reach that person. I want you to obey because I want to reach the person through your obedience. And there was a time in my life where, actually, it was a few months ago. 
a few months ago, I was really battling with this until one day I was in my car and it was late at night and I just remember that I heard the Lord saying, stop running. Stop running. Because it was never about you. And that's what I want you to understand. If you already know the Lord, you have one mission on this earth. And that is to win souls for God. That is to make disciples for the Lord. But what it takes is your obedience and your yes. And there is a lot of fear that has hindered the people of God. There is a lot of fear that has stopped the will of God because of our, because of our unwillingness to say yes. But God wants to use your life for Saul. Come on, tell your neighbor, it's not about you. It's about Saul. God wants to encounter people through your life. But you have to be willing. You have to say yes to the call. You have to say yes when you hear that voice in this, when you're at the store and the Lord's telling you, talk to that drunk man about my love. When you're at church, when you're even at church, there are people who are here that need to hear about Jesus, that need to have a hug, that need to know that they are noticed. And when you feel that prompting on your heart as a believer, I want to encourage you, stop making excuses for why you can't. Stop making excuses for why you don't know how. God, all he wants is your obedience. Wherever he leads, he wants our obedience. All it takes is your yes. So whether your life looks like Saul and you're surrounded by Christians, but you don't really understand them, but you have all these questions that are popping up and pointing you to the cross, but maybe you've done horrible things in your life. Maybe you have guilt and shame that are gnawing at you within. Maybe you have depression or the weight of an abuse that is just in your heart, Jesus wants to encounter you today. If you just stop running, if you would just surrender, if you would just say yes, Jesus wants to change your life today. But maybe your life doesn't look quite like Saul's, but it looks a little bit more like Ananias. You've given your life to Christ, but are you serving only where you're comfortable? Are you saying, Lord, I'm only willing to do this because this is what I know. But if I do that, then I actually have to rely on you coming through. And that's hard. But I want, you encourage, I want to encourage you today that it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about the people that God wants to reach through your obedience. And when you think a bit like that, there's a boldness that comes into you because you're just stepping in obedience and God is going to do something in somebody's life because of your yes. Come on, how many believe that? God can do something in your life because of one yes. 
Saul's life, Saul's yes, it saved and changed his life. But Ananias' yes, it changed millions of lives because it was through Saul that we can now read many of the books that are here today. I want to encourage you because there is a Saul that is out there that is waiting and he's praying and they're crying out to experience Jesus. There are people that are crying out because they want to know that God is real. They want to be pulled out of the pit of their depression. They want to be set free from their addictions, but they don't know how. They can't be free, but if you would just say yes to the call. If you would just say yes to the call. then you would give them the opportunity of a lifetime to experience Jesus. I want to share with you very quickly that a few years ago, I was on my bed. And I remember that I was crying out for something bad to happen to me. I was so tired of living. I was so tired of the things that I was going through. But deep down, I didn't want to surrender to God. I was angry at him because an abuse had happened. And I believed that he had allowed it. He had done nothing to stop it. And I was angry with him. And there was a lot of anxiety in my heart. There was guilt that I was carrying from this abuse. There was shame and there was self-hatred like you wouldn't believe. I spent months not being able to see myself in the mirror because of the tormenting thoughts that I would receive. And after many, many months and times where I was spent in the psych ward, I got tired every day a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more of what I was going through. And I remember that when I was in the psych, there was a lady who encouraged me to cope with what I was feeling. But I just remember that when she said that, the last thing I wanted was to learn to cope with the things that I felt were raging inside of me. I wanted a solution to remove it all. And it was like I, I was running, I was running and I was trying to find where I could find the solution, but I didn't want to turn to Jesus. And I remember that I was at a service just like this one. And there was nothing extraordinary about the service, nothing different other than the fact that there was a woman that was preaching, just like today. And um, I just remember sitting in the back. I don't remember what she was preaching on, but I remember that I was sitting in the back with no one next to me, and there were tears that began to go down my face because I was tired. 
And I was desperate for change. And I remember that that day, she made an invitation to me that changed my life. And that was to surrender to Jesus. That it was to stop fighting. And I want to give you the same opportunity today. Whether you don't know Jesus or whether you do, I want to give you the opportunity to surrender your life fully. Fully surrender Him because no matter if you're a Christian or not, today He wants to change your life, to give you boldness, and to give you the best gift that He could ever give. It was her yes to standing up there, to being obedient to God that caused something within me. And God moved because of her yes. And I want to encourage you today. Say yes to the call of God. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you like what you've heard, you can find more of this great content on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and even Pinterest. In other words, we would love to connect with you for the latest and greatest info on all conferences and internships. Remember, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come.